Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. On today's show, we're going to recap the Bulls and Hornets. Hornets get another preseason win. Jeremy Lamb makes a possible statement, and we talk about your favorite player with the same name. So nice, he's got it twice, Andrew Andrews. Let's get into it. It's time to talk some hoops and stuff. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked on Hornets on this Tuesday. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by a fantastic dresser, David Walker. Hey, thanks, buddy. You know, I try and look nice for you. Well, you know, listen. make you happy. Well, over the phone, it really matters. But uh, I, I just wanted to, <laughs> I'm, I'm in the mood to give you a compliment, uh, David, because the Hornets got another preseason win. We'll talk about that ahead. Uh, first, got to tell you, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're a Panthers fan, head over to iTunes after the show and subscribe to the Locked On Panthers podcast with host Steve Reed. And NBA fans, make sure you're checking out Locked On NBA with host David Locke. And if you're a fantasy basketball fan, the Locked On Fantasy Podcast, a must listen. If you have a question, a comment, or you want to sponsor the show, email us at buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. And David, before we get into this recap, want to just take a second to encourage everyone as we get ready for the season Uh, David, you and I and Justin are getting ready for another dress rehearsal tonight of our live show, which will be going up on YouTube and Facebook soon, October 25th, next Tuesday, to be exact. Uh, Opening night for the NBA will also be opening night for Locked on Hornets Live at 6 o'clock p.m. Come join us, youtube.com forward slash Locked on Hornets or facebook.com forward slash at the hive. But I just want to take a second to encourage everyone as we get started here uh, to tell your friends that are Hornets fans about Locked on Hornets. Tell them to go to iTunes and subscribe to the Locked on Hornets podcast because honestly, like we don't do a lot of advertising. You know, we're not in the paper, we're not on billboards, we're not on TV. Uh, So, you know, our big audience generator is you, word of mouth. You guys have been great about on Twitter and on other social media about getting the word out. So if you see a Hornets fan, do them a favor and tell them about the absolute best Hornets talk they can get anywhere, and that's right here at Locked on Hornets. Okay, David, that's my spiel. I got the spiel out of the way. Uh, now we can talk some Hornets. So uh, yeah, Let's do it. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's start in Chicago where the Hornets pick up their second straight win in the preseason over the Chicago Bulls. 108-104 in overtime. Yes, that's right. I said overtime. Uh, David, the big scores for the Hornets, Frank Kaminsky and Marco Bellinelli, 14 points apiece. Kimball Walker had a great first half, 11 points, 8 
uh, rebounds, three assists for him. Got into a little foul trouble late. Uh, 10 points for Nicholas Batum, 11 for Roy Hibbert, and three blocks. A tough shooting night, though, overall for the Hornets. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, 0 of 9 in the second half, 3 of 13 overall. Nicholas Batum, 2 of 11. Kimball Walker, 4 of 15. And even Frank, who I I thought played well in the second half, uh, had a tough first half when he was playing off the bench, 4 of 14. He actually started the second half in place of Marvin Williams, who left the game uh, with a, a sprained middle finger. Uh, no more information on that as of yet in terms of missed time. I'm sure we'll hear from the team later today. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets for the latest information. But yeah, another tough shooting night for the Hornets. But I, I th- you know, they played well in that uh, yeah. first half. And so if you're if you want to be an optimist, you look at that first half and go, hey, they they were instituting some more offense. They looked good. Second half, not so much. Yeah, I think you have to feel really good, actually, Doug. I mean, I saw it fantastic, especially after the first quarter. Uh, they just looked, we talked about last week, they they looked uh, discombobulated last week in those first four uh, preseason games. Mm-hmm. And you were going to, you made a point of noting out they have four, and then they have like a week layoff, and then they have these four. Well, they looked, <laughs> they looked light years ahead of the performance they gave in those first four games to me. Uh, again, what I was able to see of those games, but this team looked like a team much more ready to go into the regular season, much more ready to play. Um, I wanted to see Kimball Walker uh, play like he's going to play in the regular season, and I thought he did that certainly in the first quarter. Nick Batum was coming off those screens like we like to see, uh, taking those three-pointers. And you mentioned the shooting. It wasn't great. Um Fortunately, the Bulls, I don't know who's going to shoot for them this year, Doug. How would you feel about their shooting? Benny, I think Benny the Bull will be their best outside <laughs> shooter. God. No, yeah, oh, it, it, was, it was a tough night shooting, at least uh, from the three-point line for both teams. The Hornets shooting 8 of 29, 27%, and the Chicago Bulls uh, 26.9% uh, from three. Uh, and, and really, Isaiah uh, Cannon, the, their best three-point shooter of the night, mm-hmm. uh, but even... Uh, Doug McDermott, who is known for his shooting talents, one of five from beyond the arc. Yeah, they're going to have some issues, but boy, they can get to the basket. They got. A, I thought the Bulls got much more aggressive towards the basket at the beginning of that second half and got aggressive on defense and gave the Hornets some problems. Uh, so th- they'll have to look at that. And I think, you know, we talked about how not having a uh, inside presence in terms of scoring somebody that you can throw the ball to when when the shots aren't falling, how that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think you can really look at this game and go, okay, if if the Chicago Bulls were a little better offensively in the first half, they probably take this one running. Um, but yeah. want to go want to step back and, and tell everyone that this was uh, probably the closest you're going to see in the preseason to a regular season game for the Hornets because everyone got regular season minutes. And uh, Clifford deciding to go with his starters at the end of the game, <clears throat> excuse me, against Chicago's uh, second unit. So this was really a trial run for the Hornets for the regular season, and, and I thought they they did a great job. I want to point to one play in particular: three forty-seven to go in the first quarter. Hibbert gets a block on Doug McDermott uh, on a Doug McDermott layup. Uh, Kemba snags it. And Marco leaks out to the far corner. Kimba gets up in the air but finds him for a three-pointer in the corner. That's a play you have to like if you were worried about some of the new additions because you have Hibbert, one of his three blocks in the game, and that really doesn't tell the story because he was 
really disrupting the game uh, in the paint the entire night. You can really see what Hibbert's going to do when he has a traditional matchup against a traditional big guy as opposed to having to switch with Marvin uh, on on one of the bigs that can shoot three-pointers in the league. But but that's a great sign, and, and Kimball was doing a great job passing all night, David. Yeah, he had the play where he had two no-look passes and oh. with a finish with an MKG cut to the basket. So can we just talk about can we just talk about MKG for we a second can. again? Struggled sure. a, struggled a little bit shooting, but I mean after he opened up the scoring by drilling that about free throw line jumper on the fast break, I, I was <laughs> I couldn't have been more giddy, Doug. That was that was nice to see. Um, he's still showing the confidence in, in his shot, even though he's not getting those to fall. But the way he moves without the ball uh, on offense, cuts to the basket, and this team really looks for those cutters, and they were last night, and he can do that so well. He just kind of appears. He just Before you know it, you, you don't even see him in the play, and he's almost teleporting to himself right in front of the rim to get a really good shot or get to the free throw line. And we should mention those free throws, Doug, because there was a huge free throw disparity in that game. It probably helped the Hornets score as much as they did because they hadn't broken 100 points, even though it was in overtime in this preseason yet and um probably win the game because i mean they were let's see here yeah hornets 34 34 of 41 from the line 41 free throw attempts folks 17 of 20 from the line for the chicago bulls so doubled them up in terms of free throw attempts and a lot of that had to do with mkg getting to the basket you had kimball walker uh, he oh he only excuse me he only attempted two who were the big free throw shooters Marco Bellinelli we've heard Steve yep. Clifford talk a lot about his ability to slash and get to the basket he showed that off uh, scoring uh, six of his fourteen from the line so yeah I mean yep. you had you had guys getting to the basket real quick on that that Kimba double no look pass which if you want to see it go to go to Twitter. Uh, to the uh, Locked on Hornets page, and I, I put the Vine up there. If you don't follow us on Vine, do that, because we're, we're always, especially on away games, we, we like to put a couple of good plays up there. Uh, but on that Kimba double no-look pass play, the most underrated part of that is when Kimba gets the rebound off of uh, the first miss, he pump fakes, and he got three Chicago Bulls defenders off of their feet, and there was nobody that could react to MKG making the cut, and then he delivers the nifty pass to MKG for the layup. But it was just, there were a couple, David, electric plays by this Hornets offense, plays that kind of caught me off guard for how bold they were. And I think, you know, without some of those uh, score normal scoring options that they had last season in Al Jefferson and Jeremy Lin. I think they're going to have to be a little bit more daring on offense, a little bit more bold on offense mm-hmm. to find uh, to find scoring opportunities. And MKG adds that bold element. And he look yeah. again. He was zero of nine in the second half, but he was getting really good looks at the rim. They just weren't falling. Yeah, um, and you mentioned Bellinelli. I was shocked to see him doing some of that same cutting and having success with it, getting a foul on Dwayne Wade in that first half, getting to the free throw line, and and nailing an, a wide-open three-pointer that he got off a kickout that was good to see. I mean, anytime those threes are going out, because we talked about threes obviously were huge last year. He's a guy that's going to have to fill in for someone like Lynn not being there. Frank is a guy who's going to have to hit some more threes. And speaking of Frank, he hit a big three 
uh, down the stretch to tie it up with about two minutes to go, which was really good to see. Had a rough night shooting. Uh, had a had a had a, a quite honestly a brutal first half trying to finish some of those good passes from Kimba and other guys. It could have been because of the Bartman jersey that he wore into the game. Got um, that bad juju. Move, uh, why why would you want why would you want to put that bad juju on you? But hey, well he, let's uh, let's explain. He, so Frank Frank yeah guy, he's right? a White Sox guy, and so he he returns to Chicago. Uh, and he wants to troll some fans a little bit, so he wears a, a Bartman jersey to the United Center. Frank, always always making a statement or asking or asking a question on Twitter. One of the two. Hey, hey, Doug, I did want to break or just discuss that last two minutes where you mentioned the starters were going against the Bulls' uh, second guys, and so when they came out of that, I just wanted to see the first team of the Hornets basically get what they wanted. I mean, they went into that about two and a half minutes down three, right? And so they had some ground to make up. But what I liked about that was, one, Frank made the shot, uh, the the big three-pointer to tie it up. But then on the next possession, you had Kimba miss a shot, MKG offensive rebound. Kimba misses another shot, MKG another offensive rebound. Kimba misses a driving layup. Batum misses, offensive rebound. And then MKG finally got another uh, offensive rebound in that little stretch there. And they didn't make any of those shots, but Kimba got a good look going to the basket. Um, Batum had a good look at a three that he just missed wildly. Uh, but you had MKG in there mixing it up the whole time and securing some of those offensive boards. So, I mean, even though they didn't get the baskets, I thought their looks were fine. Um, and they were kind of able to get whatever they wanted against that second team, which is, which is what I was kind of wanting to see. I mean, shots are going to fall and they're, and they're not going to fall, but, I was okay with how that stretch went. I mean, how did you feel about that in the end of regulation? Well, I think that stretch is probably representative of the entire game in that it was good execution without the results. Now, that's okay in the preseason. That's not going to necessarily cut it in the regular season. But again, you you look back at those previous four games, there was uh, no execution and little results. Now we've upgraded... And that's what you yeah, that's what you want to do. Get better, get upgrade as you go through the preseason. And I think the Hornets did that. And and you're right, David. Uh, they got good looks, but I think even more importantly, when when you have your first unit against a second unit, you want to physically outmatch them. And that's what the Hornets mm-hmm. were able to do with those offensive rebounds. Right. On the next possession, Roy Hibbert would get an offensive rebound and take it back up and get to the free throw line. So, and their defense, I think, played well against that second unit, really disrupting what they were trying to do. Again, that's what you want to see. That's what you expect when a when your first unit goes up against the second unit. It would have been uh, pretty embarrassing had they not been able to do that against uh, that Chicago second unit. Uh, But now Chicago's first unit was able to do that to the Hornets first unit in terms of defensively disrupting them. And I thought um, physically outmatching them on the boards, particularly Robin Lopez uh, was, was really able to do some damage to the Hornets in the beginning of that second half. I'm sure they will look at the tape and try to determine some things that they can do to counteract that. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought the end of the game, they did what they could. Of course, it goes to overtime, uh, preseason overtime, which is, David, the absolute worst. <laughs> there's there's few <laughs> things worse. Than, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so he pulls all of the starters uh, out and, and puts uh, some of the guys that 
uh, were not going to get an opportunity in in the regulation minutes because this was a trial run for the regular season. Uh, so I, I want to talk about Lamb. I thought Jeremy Lamb had a great game. Do you want to talk about him first, or should we get into this overtime period for a few minutes? We got to give Lamb some some love. Let's I give think, Lamb some we, love. After we talked with about him last week, I mean. I saw him getting down in a in a defensive stance at the end of that game and almost challenging the offensive player. I've never seen that. Um, he may have done it. I may, may have missed it. But he was engaged pretty much that whole time whenever I saw him on the floor, Doug. And he had one highlight play where he went up and stole a ball right out of the air that led to... An alley-oop attempt from... It was Dwayne yeah. Wade who uh, yeah. Yeah. Get, tried to give the alley-oop attempt to... Lopez or Felicio or someone, but which, yeah, which led to a fantastic potential fast break. Was it was it Hawes leading the break that that followed with a behind the back trailing pass? I'm, I'm sure uh, Hawes was Hawes was <laughs> trying to make the highlight reel as usual. Oh, uh, listen, man. man bun is he's he's Showtime baby, Showtime Spencer Hawes. <laughs> but uh, I was pleased with Lamb, and I was really glad to see that, and maybe that did turn the corner for him because he didn't shoot as well last night. He still makes this athletic moves, Doug. I mean, that's why I think people are so frustrated or want him to to be out there and engage. Because, I mean, you watch him play. His physical gifts are are there. And he can do things that just look effortless. And he played well last night. I thought he was locked in on defense. What do you think? Yeah, let me give you the box score line. So 3 of 11 from the field, 0 of 3 from uh, beyond the arc. Again, everyone having a tough shooting night. He finishes the game with six points eight rebounds and uh, three assists uh, and two steals. And and that's what you were talking about. I thought in the first half, uh, he was taking some really tough shots, like turnaround, fadeaways, just shots mm-hmm. that I wasn't really sure that he should be taking. But in the second half, I thought he got in the groove offensively, got things going towards the basket where he, that's to me, catch and shoot threes uh, and uh, off of driving kicks and his ability to get to the basket as the scoop and scores type of things, that's where he really thrives offensively. He got that going in the second half. Defensively, which is where a lot of the criticism has come from, okay, in the first half I thought it was a tale of two possessions. He was either uh, really locking in on defense and getting active hands, active feet, uh, getting a steal, getting the ball up court, or uh, he got beat on a... He got beat on a back cut where he was kind of caught looking. Uh, all, he got caught looking at the ball, and Doug McDermott uh, g- got around him and for the score. And then there was another play where Dwayne Wade kind of caught him flat-footed and got to the cup. So there was sort of those two sides of Jeremy Lamb. But I thought again, and we've seen this time and again in the preseason. Jeremy Lamb comes out of the half and looks like the most locked-in defender on the team. Right. And I think you're right. Yeah, he just had active feet, active hands. He was engaged. His head was was you know darting back and forth, looking, trying to get you know tr- always knowing where he was, and and that's what we've been uh, dying to see out of Jeremy Lamb. But I don't think you can come away from this game uh, thinking anything. But he's had uh, a good. Or, or at least is improving this preseason. So, despite the things, David, that he may say in practice that that uh, unnerve us a little bit, he is improving in the preseason, and we'll have to see if that continues into the regular season. But it, it is a good sign for the Hornets, who need all of the the bench production that they can get. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was good to see. I think it's again it's going to be a constant struggle. Not a struggle. He's just going to. Have, it's going to be 
it's going to be a constant concentration issue for him, you know, um, at least to start because it's hard to break out of the mold once you have a habit of doing things one way. So hopefully they'll show him some tape and there's still going to be plenty for him to correct, I think, which is probably a good thing at this point because the coaches can still point a few things out. All right, so briefly in that overtime period, anything impress you out of the the Hornets? Because we will be talking about guys making the team. There are two spots, I believe six players vying for those two spots left on the roster. So, you know, teams are already uh, cutting guys loose. So that could happen mm-hmm. at any point. Um, so we probably should talk about some players that are impressing us, some guys trying to make the roster. Anything impress you out of that overtime period? Yeah, when you look at those guys, you want to see one guy just kind of jump out at you or that looks like he's not playing on a different level, but, you know, just um, just a, a, a little bit above some of the other guys. And to me, that guy, without question, is your boy, Andrew Andrews. The double the name, name, double the fun. I mean, he was only one of four, but his shot looks good. And he's we know aggressive. He can shoot. We know he can score. He's super aggressive, but he did hit a nice little step back jumper. Uh, that was dare I say Kemba esque uh, to to kind of seal the game to to to, to put it uh, to put the Hornets up there late in the overtime. So I mean he's the guy to me, Doug. He just kind of jumps out, uh, not doing anything spectacular or out of control, which is probably you know uh, something that's not said enough. But I, I think he's the guy that I'm kind of rooting for to make this team. I mean, some people on Twitter last night were saying they'd rather have him than um, than Brian Roberts, which I don't. I don't know that Clifford and the guys, no, as much as they like to have good. somebody they can depend on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, look, go Clifford. Route. Clifford's going to go with the veteran. He's going to go with Brian Roberts, who knows the system as the third point yeah. guard. But in a team flush with point guards, you would not expect them to hold on to Andrews. But he has been so impressive that I could totally see it. He won't, you know, he's not going to be on the bench every night. He's a guy that you hold on to. You you let him play in Greensboro. And and see what happens. But a guy, he comes in. He's plays five minutes overtime. He's been iced the whole game, sit, sitting on the bench. He yeah. comes in two points, two rebounds, two assists. Like he's an impact player, and especially yeah. like you look, he's not. His size does not impress you, but he was get, he was getting on the floor for loose balls, uh, playing de- oh, you know, that was, playing defense. That like, was big. Like you know, I mean, you know, from all the guys, you compare him to Aaron Harrison, and I don't want to like, I don't want to jump on the guy, but he's had he had a bad summer league, and and he's had kind of a quiet to a painful preseason in different moments, and you know, I just when you put those two guys side by side, I think Andrew Andrews has uh, definitely uh, stepped up and separated himself from a lot of these guys. Now, you know, will the Hornets look at? the position of point guard and go, well, we don't really need another point guard. And Andrew's too small to play shooting guard at all. He has to play the point uh, and, and decide to let him free. Or uh, do they go, look, that, you know, that's, it's too much talent to, you know, he's shown too much to let him go to another team, probably Miami. <laughs> Miami yeah, seems really. to find these guys. Like maybe we just, it's sort of, you know, in your fantasy league, like I don't need another wide receiver, but the, this guy's getting picked up by 30% of people, and I don't want another team to have him. So I, I, I want to take him. That could be the situation there. Yeah, I really hope they hold on to him for all those reasons you mentioned. And because he's the first guy that I can recall being at this level, you know, some guy that's trying to make the roster 
that you can see, um, given the right chance, could maybe have uh, an impact in a game or two somewhere down the road. I mean, like you said, not 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 an every night thing. Probably in Greensboro for a little bit, but I, I think, and that diving on the loose ball you mentioned. I mean, that's the way you that's the way you make him uh, an impression for Clifford for sure. So. I think he's done enough to warrant consideration of hanging around for sure. All right. Again, Hornets win this one 108-104 against the Chicago Bulls in Chicago in overtime. The Hornets now 2-3 and three, uh, on the preseason. They've got two remaining games. They'll play Thursday at home against Miami and then quick flight to Minnesota to uh, round out the preseason against the Timberwolves in, in Minnesota uh, that game will be on NBA TV as well. So if you're in Charlotte, make sure uh, to get a chance to go to the uh, go to Spectrum Center and cheer on the Hornets on Thursday night. We'll have all the coverage of that here on Locked On Hornets. We're out of time. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, please give us a five star review. Help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast and tell a friend. Make sure to get the word out about the best. Hornets talk anywhere, anytime. Shoot us your Hornets thoughts, your questions to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. We're back tomorrow morning for more Hornets talk. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. So what if I like to stay up late and watch TV? It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.